0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi,
1: I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Welcome to the New Books Network.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to New Books in Game Studies, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. I'm Rudolf Inderst, the host of the channel. And today we'll be talking to Stefano Gualini, the author of The Clouds, an experiment in theory fiction. The publisher is Routledge. Before we jump right in, though, I want to let you know that if you like our show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the very audio platform of your choice. You are more than welcome to leave feedback or questions on Spotify as well. Also, please feel free to share this episode with your friends or wherever you see fit. And now back to the show. How can works of fiction help us ruminate on and answer questions about the nature of time and reality? Can fiction do philosophy? And how do games, specifically as they occur in fiction, contribute to philosophical understanding? Today, we shall learn so much more about this topic. Stefano,
1: welcome back to the show. Pleasure that you decided to have me as a repeating offender so to speak
0: <laughs> yeah it's my pleasure as well so um for all our listeners who haven't had the chance to listen to our first conversation back in the days i
1: wonder if you could begin the interview by telling us a bit about yourself uh that's perhaps the most or usually the most boring part of the interview um a I- primate, mammal, individual. Um, I study games and science fiction as part of a research group here at the Institute of Digital Games, University of Malta. And just to keep it short, my background is in game design in the sense that I worked on games professionally. I'm an architect by trade and my PhD was in philosophy, let's say. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, of
1: course, uh, is that short enough, you think? Yes, I think it's perfect.
0: (laughs) Now, since we are a game studying podcast and there's always the practice of gaming, so to speak, is also important. So, of course, we have to check for your Ludo Street credibility. Maybe something has changed. Please tell us what's your favorite game again and the one or even the ones you're playing
1: right now. Uh, Ooh, the the question of what's your favorite game is a famously difficult one for people studying games, similar to favorite movie or favorite book for somebody studying film or literature. Uh, I guess, I don't know, I'm in love with a few quirky projects such as uh, The Return of the Obra Dinn was a great piece of work. Uh, The Last of Us 2 I loved. I'm currently playing Isaac, uh, as in The Binding of Isaac, on repeat. Uh, Smash Brothers, I play competitively. So a number of different flavors and types. I guess I cannot just pinpoint one single thing that I like about games. Mm.
0: So circling back to your very interesting book now, uh, in your novella, The Clouds, the plot unfolds with a metrological mystery at its core. How did you approach blending atmospheric science with fiction and what inspired you to use this scientific backdrop as a catalyst for your narrative?
1: This is such a nice question. I haven't been asked about the meteorological part before. Um, as Rudolf already mentioned, this is a science fiction book that tackles a number of philosophical points, a few of which also have to do with digital games and gaming. So at best, this is a tangentially related to game studies kind of book. Uh, whereas meteorology is kind of more in the center of it, at least in the plot, right? Not in maybe the whole kind of academic development of the book, because it's a weird kind of beast. Mm -hmm. It has both narrative and fictional part, and then traditional essays, they try to convey the same ideas, and then a reflection by the author, that would be me, uh, binding these two expressive forms together, and how did they work in proposing certain philosophical points of view about games, life, reality, and so on. Um, The meteorological part is, let's say, a motivating factor in a sense that it's uh, crucial to the narrative but doesn't come back in the um, research part of this book. Does that mean that I've done it without research? Heck no, in the sense that I didn't want to write uh, buffoonery or wrong things. So before I started working on this novella, um, I contacted two um, meteorology sciences, one from the University of Malta and another one working on a number of European projects at the University of, I think it's Exeter. Uh, so two uh, professors in climatology and climate science, and especially uh, interested in the clouds, uh, helped me structure the scientific part of my kind of weird scientific novella. Uh, it's kind of interesting, and I'm just going to add a little bit, because I was so intrigued by these two people that I worked with Um and so grateful for the work that they've done that two of the characters in the novel I actually modeled uh, on the relationship I established with these two individuals. They are thanked in the novel. I could say their names here, but I don't know if they want that or if that would be appropriate. But yes, I worked with actual scientists who evaluated, helped, and eventually read through my work to make sure it was not entire bollocks, so to speak. Pardon my French.
0: <laughs> That's okay, I guess. Yeah.
1: Now, um, I
0: was very um, surprised um, when you first uh, suggested to to give it a shot, but but then I I really found out very quickly that your book is so fascinating. It in in the matter and the style it combines all these all these different tunes and themes, and there of course. Also, more than there's just more than one philosoph- philosophical theme alone in there. So, um, please tell us about all the tiny philosophical bits uh, in there for our listeners.
1: Well, yes, uh, The Clouds is a philosophical novella, meaning that in its own particular fictional fashion, it proposes three. I would say a bit original, if not entirely original, philosophical points. So ways to think about how we know, how we live, uh, how do we know, how what we know, and so on and so forth. And in particular, uh, out of the many tiny little topics that I treat in this novella, I extracted three that are of particular interest to me or closer to my work in game studies or in science fiction studies. And these three topics are, let's see if I remember them correctly, because it's been two books ago and more than two years ago for me, maybe not for you because, okay, the book just recently came out. So it's Mm -hmm. the notion that things can unhappen, which is something that is treated in theories about literature as a, let's say, non-natural trope of literary expression, so to speak. And I go into the philosophy of what if things could unhappen? Kind of thing Uh, the second point is related to our previous conversation in game studies which is can we use fictional games that is games that only exist as phenomena within the fictional world of uh, work uh, can we use them for expressing ideas and can we leverage them for pushing the plot forward and in a way in this very book i in a way, uh, act as I preached in the previous one. So the previous one was, hey, in theory, this thing exists and there's many examples and we can study them from these many ways and we can look into the fabulous world of games that don't exist, right? And then what I did in this novel is I used fictional games to push my plot forward and like elucidate my philosophical points so this second point the philosophical and expressive use of philosophical games is in act in this novel and the last one is perhaps a bit complicated so i wouldn't talk about it here but has to do with a theodicy for virtual universes so um reflections about the creators of our universe in case we lived in a simulation So reflection on who they could be and what could be their moral stance and what would they mean for us and our existence. So it's a bit of a um, reflection that teeters on theology and philosophy of technology to try to give some answers as to, yeah, we might live in a simulated universe. Then what? What can we say? What can we know about who made the simulation? And that goes into that direction. So the three points to summarize are... The idea that things can unhappen, the use, philosophical and in general expressive of fictional games, and finally, reflections on the creators of a possible simulation.
0: Right. Now,
1: as, uh,
0: as a digital game research format, we also uh, should, of course, focus on the very use of fictional games in the book. And I think. You also can enlighten us uh, here a bit.
1: Very, very quickly, uh, of course, uh, this is what I suppose is going to be the most interesting part for Game Scholars because so the question could be, how did you get to use games and what use did you make of fictional games in this novel? In this particular one, uh, games do not have a central function. So it's not a story about a game or that revolves around playing a game or about players but games in this novella have a grounding function which is a dual function they function as background to the novella so it helps establishing the kind of technological advancements we were we working with we the world is the world and talking about the fictional world consists of so first a background um role, and then also a foreground role. So using fictional games as simplified anticipations or clues as to the direction in which the narrative is going to be. So we use it both as setting the scene in which this technologically advanced um, piece of fiction takes, uh, takes place, and for more like literary kind of uh, devices in terms of like foregrounding certain ideas or events as other fictional games do. So in a sense, I'm not using the full spectrum. I don't have a game right at the center or the action of playing or a particular situation, say a la um, Hunger Games or Ender's Game or The Mm. Running Man, those kind of big fictional works in which a game is the central point of focus of uh, or at least the background of and the entirety of the narration here games have a more nuanced and more varied and more grounding kind of function. So I'm using let's say two out of the perhaps five or six uses that we have seen in the previous book. I couldn't fit all of them in it would be pretty heavy so I just picked whatever would be more suitable and useful for my expressive needs. I hope that answers your question, Rudolf. Yeah. Now
0: the, we have learned that we had we have to deal or we deal here with a very unique format of 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 a book. So your book combines a science fiction novella with a philosophical essay or essays as we as we've heard from you. And it's also creating a distinctive reflection on the mediatic form of philosophy. So um, I was wondering, how do you see fiction, particularly science fiction, as a vehicle for conveying complex philosophical ideas and what prompted you to uh, present your philosophical arguments through both narrative and essayistic
1: approaches in the same work? well this is like five questions packed into one <laughs> i will try to untangle that in a sense that perhaps very quickly first i do not consider science fiction to be a particularly sp- useful uh, kind of fiction to express philosophy i think that all of fiction is and can be used philosophically. If we go back to the Platonic Dialogues, one of the early examples of Western written philosophy, they are already highly fictionalized recounts, right? And think Mm. about parables, examples, analogy, or the idea of thought experiments or fictional cases. Those are very established use of fiction in philosophy. There's also the idea of using a philosophical novel philosophically. I'm thinking about works such as Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, or the texts of Kierkegaard, or uh, I don't know if you read for, for sure like most of the uh, listeners to the podcast being also science fiction aficionados could probably refer to uh, Ursula Le Guin's The Left, Le- Left Hand of Darkness or The Dispossessed, for example. They are highly philosophically heavy books. So the relationship between philosophy and fiction has been long and varied, less so uh, a combined approach. What do I mean by that? The uniqueness of this book so, is the fact that between the two covers of the book, you find more or less the same ideas expressed in a fiction flavor than in a more academic flavor as well. So there's three essays that iterate on the same ideas and cross-reference with the with the novella to explain, to make their point more clearly. And eventually, there's also a meta-commentary, so a discussion on how these two work together by the author. So it's really an experiment, not as much in fiction, but in combining theory and fiction and meta-commentary in a way that is useful interesting uh clarifying uh enthralling original I think it was a daring idea to propose this book and as I say in the introduction of it I think Routledge Routledge was foolish enough to say yes and Mm -hmm. at that point I thought well if they do then I'm foolish enough to write it and here we are about two years and a half later with a book out and a podcast that is interesting enough interested enough in my work to ask about it so it's really a strange little thing that I hope I will continue in the future as a matter of fact I'm working on another one of these kind of weird chimeras of book that combine theory and fiction and I found another publisher that is willing to take a risk on this kind of very unique kind of flavor of books. And I'm going to be working with a Dutch publisher called Set Margin on the next one, which is also going to make it cheaper to to purchase. Because right now with Routledge, we are talking about an academic book. So you all know, listeners and Rudolf as well, uh, how painfully, how painfully <laughs> expensive it is to buy these books, uh, at least when they come out in the original hardcover version of course they're priced for libraries and so the cost is quite extreme whereas i'm going now and try with a independent publisher hoping to maybe make uh, the book cheaper and uh making it available to a wider population from the beginning so it's going to be another interesting use of philosophy through fiction or fiction through philosophy and a combination of both ideas
0: Hmm. well Stefano, thank you very much. So far, we have taken up a lot of your time. So please tell us, um, aside from the uh, aforementioned uh, new book, what are you working on right now? And of course, what
1: will you be playing next? Right. Um, I am working on this book, uh, maybe planning a new game for 2026. I sometimes make games that try to do philosophy as well. And what am I playing? I uh, or I hope to play in the future is uh, what I can't remember the name. I just recently bought it. It's called Chronicles of uh, Shannar, I think, something similar. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the title exactly. It's like another investigative little game with a science fiction trope and meeting an alien civilization. And I'm looking forward to it. Also, Citizen Sleeper is in my to-play list. So I hope that answers your question. And once again, thank you very much for your interest and your, like, insightful Uh, inquiry into my work
0: so so many great projects and i'm pretty sure this won't be the last time we will have a lovely conversation together stefano i want to thank you for being on the show today i really enjoyed it so dear listeners don't forget to get your copy of the clouds the publisher again is routledge stefano take care and goodbye goodbye thank you so dear listeners I hope you like this episode. If you are an author and or an editor in the field of digital game studies yourself and want to talk about your latest publication, please do not hesitate to contact me under rudolf.indust at googlemail.com. Alternatively, please send me a direct message on social media. Just check Instagram, LinkedIn, Blue Sky or Facebook. And again, please share this episode where you see fit. See you in a bit and always keep it playful.